0: Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. While you're standing, the best is yet to come series, I'm honored to preach again to you this morning. Let me draw your attention to 2 Corinthians. Again, Paul, a little is writing to the church in Corinth after Pentecost after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit these are believers and it's a second letter henceforth second corinthians 5 and 17 and the bible reads the king james therefore if any man be in christ he is a new creature old things are passed away behold all things or become new he's dealing with people that were brought out of darkness he's encouraging and inspiring talking to people that are after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's the King James Version let me give you another rendering here on the screen anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person the past is forgotten and everything is new translated in the context of my message and sermon series the best is yet to come you are a new person your past is forgotten and the best is yet to come amen lord help me one more time as i stand behind this sacred desk to bring the prophetic profound word of god to those that are streaming and here in person to spirits and hearts situations and lives and homes and marriages that the best is still coming and our best days are not behind us and you prophesied that and we receive it. Help me preach. We ask for your anointing in Jesus' name. Could you shout amen? Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you for standing. God bless you for being here. The best is yet to come. The first miracle in the Bible we find is in the Gospel of John chapter 2. It's the first miracles in four-plus centuries. The miracle is at the wedding. Jesus is turning the water into wine. And Jesus desires to bring transformation. He's put on the spot by his mother. He doesn't think he's quite ready. Maybe the timing's not right, Mom. But when she walks away, he begins to move in the supernatural. He begins to transform the situations. He takes the emptiness, he takes the void, the vacancy, and he begins to do a miracle. I realize that our emptiness equals God's opportunity. So don't be dismayed, don't be discouraged if you're in a situation that you don't have answers, you're in darkness, maybe you feel like you're wondering because Your emptiness, your situation, your climate, your atmosphere is an opportunity for God to show you that the best is yet to come. The opposite counsel that comes from the devil is your best days are behind you. You've already hit your prime and you're on the downhill side. You have a shorter runway in front of you than you have behind you. And if we listen to the devil and we lean into his innuendos, we will begin to believe that we are not valuable anymore. And maybe our best days really are behind me. But I'm here to tell some this morning and declare, no, the best is yet to come. You are anointed by God. You are called by God. You are loved by God. And God is reaching out to affirm to somebody, some household, some marriage, some person's mind that the best is yet to come. So in other words, hang in there, get up and give some worship, get up and get into a community group, get up and get to the house of God. And let's see what the Lord won't do. Why? Because he promised and he declared and he prophesied that the best is yet to To come, hallelujah. Someone shout, The best is yet to come. come. But the devil's campaign is the opposite. The devil will try to offer you partial truths. Maybe in our culture, we call it white lies. The devil offers forgeries, replicas, imitations. Just understand that the devil and his forces cannot match what God can do. There's example after example throughout the word of God to where they came face to face. They had a showdown. And God's people and the spirit of God always prevails over every situation. That brings hope to me. That brings faith to me. That brings confidence to me. Because when I'm ever in a situation, if I'll just hang in there and realize that the church always wins, that God will prevail. The writer said that no weapon formed against you. It also goes on to say that no tongue formed against you shall prosper so no social media accounts, no, eth- mm. come on, nothing at work, nothing from HR, nothing from a family member, nothing from a doctor's report, nothing from the lab, shall prosper against the child of God, the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is a part of the church of the living God that he's coming back for. I simply say, come on, the church always wins, and I'm in the church, and I'm going to win, and yes, the best days are ahead of me, and the best is yet to come, and I receive it. Oh, someone shout, I receive it. Whenever the Lord speaks to you, then you just say, I receive it. The opposite is from the enemy is I reject it. If it doesn't coincide with the scripture, if it doesn't coincide with what you've been taught, If it doesn't coincide with what you believe, then it's from the enemy. Because the enemy will not push you towards the word of God. The enemy will not push you towards Calvary. The enemy will not counsel you with godly counsel. He'll counsel you with partial truths, and he'll tell you things that aren't true. Just understand, when it doesn't seem right in your spirit, it's not right. When it doesn't feel right in the temple of the Holy Ghost, it's not right. That is not from God. That is from darkness. That is from the devil. And he's telling you, your best days are behind you. You don't have it anymore. You've lost what you had. You're not at the top of your game. You're not at the apex of your career. Devil, you're a liar. And Satan, the blood of Jesus, is against you. And I reject your voice. I reject your innuendos. Why? Because the best is yet to come. I've been blood-bought. I've been filled with the Spirit of God. I'm a temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm a child of God. And yes, the best is yet to come. Hey! God can redeem you. God can change you. God can heal you. God can, and you... have a blank here. You fill in the blank. And if God's involved, my friend, Brother Tony, it's going to happen. No matter what it says from the doctor, no matter what my family says, no matter how I feel, no matter how I'm thinking, if God spoke it, if God said it, it's a prophetic word. And the prophecy and the prophetic word will come true in my life. But I've got to understand by faith, the best is yet to come. We begin to digress. With that, when we begin to concede and lean in to maybe I didn't hear from God. When you start making excuses, that's from the enemy. You don't need to make excuses from God, for God rather. Say, oh, maybe I misunderstood him. No, you didn't. Maybe he meant this. No, you go with your first thought. It's kind of like in school when you're testing, right? Just go with the first thing. I knew the answer was 32. And when you change your answer, you get it wrong, right? Just go with what you know. Go with what you studied. Go with what you trained for. And then you'll understand, yes, the the best is coming. It's around the corner. Come on, one more lap around the walls of Jericho. I know you've done it five times. I know you've done it six times. But one day, the walls are coming down. Why? Because he told the man of God, he told Joshua, if you do this, I will do this. Go on and dip in the Jordan River three times, five times, six times. But just keep dipping. Why? Because the best is yet to come. It's a prophetic word for God into your life When you come to the end you're in God steps in and says I've saved my best for last You see God always uses what is available He can use whatever we bring him he used a little boy's lunch to multiply to feed 5,000 Incredible He used the pool of Siloam to heal a blind man he just had a pool. He had a lunch. He used water pots in the house to provide wine for the wedding. Just had empty pots. Jesus didn't make the liquid. He, he changed the contents. And the pots are all flawless matched for the moment. You, you got to get this, okay? John chapter 2, his mother kind of takes him the task. We discussed that. My time's not yet come, Mom. I don't want to do it. I don't want to hear it. Just like a mother. She says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. She walks off. Disregarded her son. So he tells them, hey, get the water pots and fill them with water, six of them. They bring the water to Jesus. The best is yet to come. But but here's my takeaway here. He changed the contents of the liquid. He took what they brought him. And the Bible says, He said, Go fill the water pots. And the Bible says in the King James Version that they brought the pots back and they were filled to the brim. I'm thinking, they're, hey, easy. Don't slosh it out, don't be careful. And the Bible says in John 2 that they brought back the water pots full to the brim. And Jesus takes the water, the vessel, the pots, and he changes the inside of the complexity of water into wine. I thought about that about you and I. We are the water pots, if you please. I bring my life, I live my life. I, we work a job. We, we pay bills. We eat dinner. We take our kids here. We do this. It's just normal water. Like anybody else, 333 million people in the United States, I'm one of them. I'm like anybody else. But the, when God got a hold of this water pot, you mind if I preach a minute? When God got a hold of you, He took what was on the inside and He changed the contents from water into wine. The supernatural took place. It got better and they said, hey, you saved the best for last. No, when Jesus gets involved, the best becomes the best because he speaks into it and he takes the contents, what is offered up to him and that's how I can be saved and blood bought and my sins can be washed away because God stepped in and he changed the inside of Tom Durant from a mm, from a living soul of carnality to being bought by the blood of the lamb and ready for heaven by the new birth experience. Woo, come on, someone shout. That's good preaching. So here, here, here's, my, here's my question to you, you can ponder. Es mi pregunta para usted. What in your life is the water that Jesus is going to change the contents Again, he didn't work with empty water pots. He didn't work with empty vessels. He didn't work with emptiness. He worked with something that was, the Bible says, to the brim. So in your life, in the context of this message, what represents water? And what do you need God to do to represent the best wine? Oh, my life's all messed up. I got a bunch of junk. I don't know if I had to do it all. No, no, no. That's the water. And I'm thinking the more water, the more wowing God's miracle is. You say, oh, pastor, you don't know me. I got a lot of problems. I, I got a laundry list of things that aren't right. Well, great. That's more water. That's more power of a miracle To wow you as a little bitty baby miracle or a big miracle. My friend, whatever the water is, I'm preaching to you this morning that the best is yet to come. Don't be weary in your well-doing. Get up and go to work tomorrow and say, hey, this is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice. And I will be glad. I will be. I'm going to do it. Do you feel like it? Not really. But I will rejoice. I will be glad. Why? Because I'm bringing the water to Jesus, and I know the best is yet to come. And in Hebrews, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all those stories in the Old Testament and all the examples in the New Testament are for me today. I'm an apostolic believer. I've been filled with the Spirit of God. And if He's the same yesterday, and today, and tomorrow, my best is yet to come, I'm believing that things are going to change. I'm believing the water is going to turn to wine. I'm believing that the Master is going to say, Peace be still. Woo! The best is yet to come. Please understand that his resources are not limited to your resources. You see, in that application in John chapter 2, Jesus was establishing a new kingdom normal. Of this is how it's going to be. Jesus is saying, I'm not just here to replace a structure I'm here to use earthen vessels. I'm not here just to replace a structure. I'm here to use you. I'm here to use the, the Spirit of God in you. I'm here to pour into you. I'm here to change you. I'm here to transform you. Why? Because he takes what he has, the contents of who I represent and who I am. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes again, About the vessels. Jesus does not discard the vessel. Please notice. He keeps the pot. And he changes the contents inside. He he doesn't change you who you are. The DNA structure of you and your outward physique. Personality. Well, for some of you, he needs to work on your personality. (laughs) Quit being so grumpy. Get rid of the chip off your shoulder. But the inside is the water. And he's changing the contents of who we are. You see, Jesus chooses us as we are. And it's the evolution of my relationship with God, starting with the Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Just a side note, since we're an apostolic church, let me interrupt my message for a moment. Any Sunday you want to seek for the Holy Ghost, that's Holy Ghost Sunday for you. Any Sunday you want to get baptized, that's Baptism Sunday for you. Any, any Sunday you want to step into the holy. Why? No, we don't schedule the visitation from God. God descends down when we invite him down with worship. And when people enter in and they say, God, I want the Holy Ghost. I want the Spirit of God dwelling in me. I want you to change the water. I want you to change the contents. I believe in the book of Acts. I believe in the new birth experience. Any given Sunday that God moves upon you, that's the Sunday for you to step out and do, hey, God, here I am. I hear the voice, and I'm ready for the water to be changed. So I know we're promoting October 2nd. I heard them. It's cool. It's Baptism Sunday. Everybody that you know that has not been baptized in the name of Jesus. Need to be here October 2nd. Our staff is queued up. Anybody needs Bible studies? What are we doing? That October 2nd, Pastor Mark's preaching. But he's basically preaching he's going to turn the water into wine. He's going to take the contents of the people that have not been baptized. And change those contents into a watery grave. So let me just encourage you as a pastor. It's a concerted focus effort for October the 2nd. But if you've not been baptized, today's your day. September the 11th is your day. If you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, today's your day. The best is yet to come. In that case, I would say the best is here. Why? Because we're in church. It's Sunday. We're on holy ground. If you want to receive the Spirit again, you come up here in a few minutes and you lift up your hands and you confess your sins to God and you ask Him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then you know what? The best is yet to come in your life because when God changes the contents, mm, it changes the whole complexity and trajectory of a life. With all of our thoughts and imperfections, God still chooses us. With all of our setbacks, God still believes in humanity. So let me just tell you, if you're thinking, you're never too bad for the best yet to come. Your past, your scars, your memory is never too jaded. That the blood of Calvary can't change the contents from the new birth experience. You're here this morning, you've never been baptized, let us baptize you. Because when you go down into that watery grave, your sins are washed away. It's not qualified by how many. The word is sins. So I guess there has to be at least two or it'd be sin, right? It's plural. So probably everybody has two sins, the way the scripture is written. Is that fair? I like to think I have none, but that's not true. So when you go down, the best is yet to come when you come up out of the water because that's what God said and that's what God does and he changes the contents of who I am. Right. And so, yes, in every situation, okay, let me be clear here. Whatever weighs on you this morning is water. In one touch, one connectivity to the master changes the water. But understand this. The miracle happened after those guys obeyed the voice of Jesus. He had empty water pots. And they did what Jesus said to do. Point being is, If you're going to receive your healing today, if you're going to receive a fresh anointing, if you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, if you're going to get baptized, you're going to have to move at the invitation from Almighty God. You can't sit back and think God's going to do the miracle. Whenever I search the scriptures, unless I've overlooked one, all the miracles that took place was with Jesus and somebody. And I cannot think of an example where Jesus went and found somebody. You know what? You need a miracle. Why didn't you come by the roadside when I went? You're making me circle back around. People that received the miracle and the contents of who they are and the water was changed was because they went to Jesus. What are you saying, Pastor? Let me just break it down. I'm simply saying, whatever water you brought to the house today, you have to be proactive. Proactive and step into the holy of holies. You can't push it off. You can't reason it out. You can't make excuses. You can't do all of that stuff. You just got to say, hey, today is my day. If the best is yet to come, I want it to come today. If the best is yet to come and the situation is going to change and things are going to work out for the glory of God, and if all things work together for the good, then today's my day. I don't want to drag this into Monday. I don't want to wait for the next sermon series next Sunday. I'm going to be proactive. I'm receiving the prophetic word in my life. So I'm going to move towards the voice of God. And you with me? I like this quote here. There are moments in faith where you have to do the ridiculous so that you'll see the miraculous. You may have to do the ridiculous. What's the ridiculous? Probably something you don't want to do. Coming up and asking to be prayed for. Hey, saying you know, excuse me, can I be baptized? Hey, can, can, you, can you pray for my wife and I? The ridiculous view of that is I don't want no one to know. But when you get desperate with God, or let me back up a little more positive. When you have faith in God, nothing is ridiculous. And then the miraculous takes over. But when you get your answer, when you get your restoration, when you get your healing, all of a sudden, it's not ridiculous. It's amazing. It's miraculous. It's incredible. It's insane. What did I have to do? I, Tom Durant, had to push back the ridiculous, and then God stepped in. And he said, hey, I'm going to give you something that you could never get on your own. I'm going to touch your mind. I'm going to touch your spirit. I'm going to touch your family. I'm going to bring you out of darkness. I'm going to put you into marvelous life." What? But I had to get past my own ridiculous thinking. And then God says, hey, here's the miraculous. But the miraculous does not happen. It doesn't precede the ridiculous. Because I'm the ridiculous. God is not ridiculous. The things of God are not ridiculous. The path to Calvary is not ridiculous. No, it's the path to Things are better. Things are moving in the right direction. The best is yet to come. But again, to, to maximize this message in your life today, I want, I want to preach to where you're at for a couple minutes. Is that okay? Hey, you think, well, what does that have to do with anything in my world? Well, I'm getting ready to land this plane in your world. Amen. What prevents God from doing the miraculous is people thinking the ridiculous. Ridiculous is the opposite of faith. Ridiculous is the opposite of expectation. Ridiculous is a gulf or a barrier or an obstruction between what God wants to do to what God will do. But the bridge beyond the ridiculous to the miraculous is faith. Or maybe desperate and you've gone to the part, of you, can go to, you can go anywhere else, you, you, you're lost, you're, you're frustrated. And then you just get ridiculously obsessed by, I don't care. Right. So if I go pray in the few moments, people are going to know, I don't care. That's, right. That's ridiculous. Hmm. How many of us have got onto our children when they do something crazy? Think, That's ridiculous. What were you thinking? How did you think that would work? That's ridiculous. Because ridiculous doesn't line up with commonality and common sense. So now let me just lean over into the spirit for a minute. Whatever you need from God this morning, you, someone shout me, have to work past the ridiculous thoughts. Why would I do that? Because I want to see the miraculous. Why would I expose myself? And feel ridiculous because the miraculous is way more inviting than me to live in the ridiculous any more time than I've lived in the ridiculous. And to, Are you hearing me? If the best is yet to come, I've got to move out of the ridiculous. You see, action isn't the goal here. Let me, let me just clarify. Obedience is the goal. John 2 and 17, the servants did just what he said that he told them to do. Obedience. Do what you do, God, and everything will be okay. You see, we're not optimists that see the cup half full or pessimists that see the cup half empty. Rather, we are people who see the cup overflowing with the provisions and the blessings and the restoration of God. Jesus always comes, hear me now. He always comes when you invite him. The Bible scholars have counted that in the Gospels, when he was three and a half years, 57 miracles. But of those miracles, it's the people that are pushing past the ridiculous that are documented. Lady with an issue of blood. The blind man. Jairus. They're coming to Jesus and beseeching him to speak a word. Into my ridiculous situation. Right. And so I got to ask one more time before I close what is the water that Jesus needs to touch in your life? What seems so ridiculous to the natural? that you would struggle to get to the miraculous. say, Pastor, that's crazy. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, actually. You don't know what I'm up against. You don't know what I've gone through. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. It's true. But if you'll allow me to tell you what I do know, you want to capitalize on what I don't know, let me tell you what I do know. I do know the miraculous is waiting and the best is yet to come. I do know that. My wife will ask me questions or want me to fix something. I say, babe, I don't know everything, but I know some things. So I don't know everything about you. You got me. But I do know some things and what I know I'm preaching to you. if the miraculous needs to be in your life you're going to have to conclude I got to do the ridiculous the ridiculous is basically something you don't want to do I don't want people looking at me you got to get past that again in the 57 miracles in the gospels four books people did the ridiculous people raised from the dead, Lazarus? Blind eyes open? Mud balls in the sockets? Oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you got I'm I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> Go dip in the Jordan River 7 times? Why 7? That's ridiculous. Just make it 1. You're god. Prophet man of god. Why does your God need seven times? Watch this. Naaman, the Bible says he was angry. His little servant, Gehazi, talked him down off the ledge. Talked talked him down off his ridiculous. Gehazi, the little intern, the little armor bearer, you know? I'm Naaman. I'm a mighty warrior. It's ridiculous. And the Bible tells us that Naaman sets off. He's going back to his own country. But watch this. Hmm. Let's go back, take Naaman back to his country. There's a little girl there that says, you know what? I think she would have said it this way. In my country, there's a man of God. And in my country, you be healed. And in my country, hey, little girl, you're a slave. That's ridiculous. True. But... Naaman gets over that ridiculous hurdle because he takes a letter and he goes to see the man of God. So something in Naaman's head's clicking. What if? What if in her country? What if? So he hurdles the ridiculous. And then the man of God, watch this. Ooh. He makes his journey, gets to the house. The man of God doesn't even come to talk to him let me put it in perspective you come to my house you knock on my door Nixon answers the door and he tells me there he said tell him I said to go be made hold my grandma, my papa said you be made hold tell your papa to come here he don't want to come that's the spirit that I'm going to say push Naaman's buttons and Naaman turns around probably thinking that's ridiculous And the Bible tells us he leaves mad. Hey, here's Gehazi. Hey, I'm thinking, maybe you already went over one ridiculous to even come here, sir. Could we just try it? What if you're seven dips away from a healing? Why seven, little boy? I don't know, sir. That's just what he told me at the door. His servant told me his people told my people. My people will call you, whatever. That's what he's thinking. Sir, before we make the journey back, could we just please try? It's ridiculous. I know, I know, I validate it. But if the miraculous is gonna take place, you're going to have to get past the ridiculous. So to you, my friend, how many Naamans am I preaching to this morning? You came here this morning. You pushed against any obstacles and odds that tried to prevent you, a spirit of darkness trying to hold you away. But no, you got to the holy of holies. It was a ridiculous morning. You had a ridiculous night last night. You heard the one ridiculous, and now you're hearing God saying this. And all I'm saying is, can't you consider it? Do you have to go home the way you came? Can't can, can't you just can't we just march 7 times around the wall? Why 7? I don't know. It's ridiculous, but can we just do it? I promise you if God said 7, you won't have to dip 8 times. You won't have to march 8 times. I know that much. So can you just try it? The best is yet to come. Yes, it is. Well, I haven't seen no best of yet. That's because you're thinking ridiculous thoughts. Your attitude's ridiculous. Can you just have a good attitude for an altar call? Can you just have a little bit of faith? You're here. You suited up. You showered. You drove. You spent your $5 gallon gas to get here. You gave in the offering. You gave money away. You go home poor. God's going to bless you, but right this minute, maybe he hasn't. I go home with less money. I didn't get my miracle. That's ridiculous. Well, maybe, wait, wait, wait. The miracle is not the ridiculous part. It might be your actions or inactions. Would you consider that could be ridiculous? Hmm. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm just trying to help somebody. Because the best is yet to come. Today, next Sunday, next Sunday... We're just going to keep drilling down. Because I want you to get it. I want you to believe it. I want you to embrace it. Let's try it this way. Can we stand? If you're streaming online with us, I want you to lean in right now. I want you to pay close attention. If you're streaming online, tell your husband to shut, to be quiet. Tell your kids, I'm going to beat you after the altar call. Whatever you got going on, right? Go old school. Tell them to go get a switch out in the backyard. But I'm I'm getting ready to get past the ridiculous. I know I'm not there, Pastor. I'm streaming. Thank God for technology. I'm glad you're here. But you're not left out. I want you to know you're not left out. To those of you that are here, listening to me. the ridiculous in your head is anything that sounds something that you don't want to do. So I'm going to pray for us. Pastoral staff, there'll be a halfway altar. There'll be the front altar, okay? It's our culture now. We've got to service you. We've got to help you. we got to anoint you. But I'm going to pray that as I pray this prayer that you will conclude in your mind and spirit. I'm getting past the ridiculous. As I pray, I'm going to pray that you have more wisdom, more courage, and more power to step out. And you say, well, Pastor, why do I have to step out? I thought God's omnipresent, but this is what it is. Look, watch me. I think when you step out, it's a de- declaration of faith to you. You don't need to step out for me. God can find you. This is not that big of a building that we could contain God. It's only 4,000 square feet. God could find DNA on the carpet. But when I step out, I'm pushing past the ridiculous. And I'm, what are you doing? I'm making my way to Jesus. Well, that's ridiculous. To you, yes. To me, no. It used to be to me, but no. God told me something. What are you doing? You're going to go down there, everybody can see you? That's ridiculous. To you, yes. To me, no. And we push back the ridiculous, which is the enemy. And so I'm going to pray that God will give you the courage to bring, to bring the water pot. You are a water pot. And let God change the contents, the report, the strife in the family, the relationships, the pressure, the anger, the what if. That's all water. And you represent that when you come. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for every water pot that's listening or in person that the contents of a better life, that the best of yet to come prophecy will take the water that's here this morning, and if they'll move past the ridiculous and bring the water pots to Jesus. Haromosatayaha. And bring the water pots to Calvary. And allow the contents, the water, the report, the spirit, the hurt, the anger, the violation. If they'll allow the water to touch Jesus. Then the contents and the miracle will take place. I pray for every water pot. I pray for every marriage, every mind, every spirit today. That the Spirit of God would descend upon us right now. And as we make our way forward, every step is a step to fight ridiculous. Every step is to overcome that's ridiculous. Every step is a step of faith as I lean into the Word of God. I pray this upon your people today, God. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. I open the altars, my friend. Come on, every step that's ridiculous, not to me no more. Every step. It's a step of faith. Yes, it is. I'm bringing the water. I'm a water pot. I'm a water pot. That God's going to change the contents. He's going to change the outcome to be better than I could have been on my own. That's why the best is yet to come when I push past the ridiculous. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.